number seven. First Corinthians chapter seven, and we'll be headed over toward Matthew chapter six and a couple of other portions before we're done. I uh, thank you, ladies. Appreciate you. Um, worry. Anybody guilty? You go, oh, you, uh, you and I immediately go, oh, if you're like me, I go, pick me. I, uh, I think it's a funny that uh, I can spend uh, the time going, oh, look at me. I'm a great warrior when I really get down and examine myself, even though I know what the scripture tells me to do. Um, so uh, as we walk through tonight, I, I want us to see, and, and uh, somebody has said that worry is like a treadmill. <clears throat> it's something that wears you out and it doesn't take you anywhere. Worry is something that freezes you in life and it prevents you from being free. Worry is one of those that uh, that uh, that's there. And in First uh, Corinthians chapter seven and verse number thirty-two, the Scripture tells us over here. He says, "But I uh, would have you without carefulness, without carefulness. I would have you without that word would be the same as worry." Uh, there, that I'd have you without worry, or I'd have you without concerns. Uh, he told us, therefore, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, he gives us this one, and, and uh, Jesus says, therefore I tell you to not be anxious, <coughs> to worry, to, to be anxious. But the truth is, for some reason, all of us seem to worry. Let's talk about some other folks for a minute. That way we can, you know, put it on them. So the, uh, the folks that aren't very smart, the ignorant, worry because they don't know enough. The intellectuals worry because they know too much. The poor worry because they don't have any money. And the rich worry because they worry about losing the money they have. The old worry because they're facing death. And the young worry because they're facing the future. You realize we all worry. And uh, Julius Caesar was correct when he said that, as a rule, men worry more about what they can't see than what they can see. What they can't see than what they can see. And uh, so I researched some things that uh, most people worry about. And here's what, what I came up with. They worry about weight and appearance. They worry about family. They worry about money. Worry about job stability and employment. Worry about car troubles and traffic. Death and disease. And lastly, they worry about health. Health. And the crazy thing about it, worry is that experts say 40% of the things that uh, we worry about never happen and 30% of the things we worry about you can't change and 12% of the things you worry about are needless health worries it means they really they, they don't they're not things that really make a difference and so basically half of the things we worry about would never happen and the other half will happen anyway so why do we worry about them When we worry, we choose to forfeit peace, and I uh, I can pinpoint many times in my life where I've been overcome by worry, and I, I can't tell you a single time that 
that I worried and that I had peace in my life. When I was worrying that I had peace. And so the Apostle Paul talks about that in, in uh, chapter 4 in the book of Philippians. Uh, in the book of Philippians chapter 4. And he points out in verses 6 and 7. Some folks have these memorized. He said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. He's there and he's telling us, he said, to be, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about it. And uh, in everything, come to him in prayer and petition and thanksgiving and present your requests to God. Give them over, turn them over to the Lord Jesus and, and let him, you say, there he is. He's the one who's in control. And it's interesting, when you start breaking down what the verse says, Paul says, don't, uh, don't be anxious, be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious, but in everything, prayer. And he goes, so really, the word worry or to be anxious can mean many different things in the English language. But in the Greek, it's the word meraminate. You want to say that for me? No? Okay, good. Because I can't say it either. And literally, it means to pull in different directions. It means to pull in different directions. It means to pull apart at the seams. See, if, if we were to grab, we were to pick on somebody and we were to grab them and, uh, and we were to pull, we put them as the tug-of-war rope. See, if I could grab hold and we grabbed hold of one hand and somebody else grabbed hold of the other hand and we pulled. You know what? Your bone isn't going to come apart. The bone itself is not going to come apart. You know, the skin is really, you know, yuck. It's kind of the gross part. But the joints, that's the part that comes, that's what comes apart. You play tug of war with me, and I've had enough problems with my shoulders. You'll pull one arm off and then the other arm, and then you guys will get, and, uh, how come you think that's funny? I can't. I don't understand that. But you realize it literally means to be pulling in two directions and pull apart at the seams. And that's a perfect word picture of what worry does for us. It pulls us apart. It pulls us apart and, and uh, it'll tear us apart. It's the same thing James was referring to in James 1 when he talked about being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So when we're double-minded, we are divided emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And when we're double-minded, we're going to be unstable in all our ways. And unstable emotionally, unstable mentally, unstable spiritually. And so we need to be sure we don't miss what he's saying. He, worry produces an unstable person in all their ways. In fact, the Bible says that worry is just another step toward depression. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, um, Tells us the anxiety or worry in the heart of a man uh, brings us low or causes depression. But a good word makes a person glad. Makes a person glad. So it's no wonder that worry has been linked with 51 known diseases. 51 known diseases. We get to where we worry and there's linked with 51 known diseases and Dr. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Clinic said worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system, and profoundly affects the health. Matter of fact, he went on to say, I've never known a man who died from overwork, but I know many who have died from doubt. 
once heard someone say to worry about what we can't help is useless and to worry about what we can help is stupid. See, but worry is a sin against God. You see, worry isn't only a divider of the mind, but it, it's uh, the reason it's sinful is because when we worry, we're basically having trouble with who God is. We're basically struggling with, with who he is. We know that all things work together for those who are called according to his purpose, right? We know Romans 8, uh, 28 tells us that. And I know that he's called and he's got a design, he's got a plan. And you know what uh, worry says in Romans chapter 8, 28, it says, untrue, untrue. That's not right. That's a lie. Worry is saying, telling us, God, I don't trust you. I don't believe you're capable of being in control. It's where we're going, uh, God, it's, it's there. So when we worry, we, we choose to, to place ourselves in a cage that will eventually destroy us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So now we know the destruction that worry causes. What's the, the plan or the strategy in defeating it? See, I, I don't want to dwell on the, the discouraging part. We need to give you the encouraging part. What's the strategy? What, what's the strategy for, for doing so or, or encouraging somebody and, uh, and helping them uh, to not look uh, or to walk down this road? Well, notice in, in back in our text in Philippians chapter 4, he said, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. You look and he says, he, he just puts the answer out there. He says, the way to escape the cage of worry is to pray about everything. He says, worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Some of us hear that and we think, well, surely Paul didn't mean anything here. Surely he wasn't saying that we should uh, be worried about nothing because the reality is we have some things in our lives that are just naturally worrisome. <laughs> kind of chuckle at that because we come along and you go, well, there are people that, that have major health concerns, loved ones on the brink of, of death and people with major family issues, relational pr problems, friends and family members caught up in all sorts of sin, loved ones that are running away from the Lord and surely Paul isn't saying, don't worry about these folks. Surely he isn't just telling us to, to, to wear rose-colored glasses and ignore the reality of the problems around us does God really expect us to, to worry about nothing? Yeah, he does. See, Paul knew that we would have problems and issues and sin uh, to deal with, and he did it too. But he tells us we're, we're to worry, we're to, to be anxious for nothing because God expects us to pray about everything. See, we can't do both. We can't give a, a burden to God and also keep that burden for ourselves. You'll, we'll either do one or the other. We'll either pray or we'll hang on to it. So he tells us the way to, to, to worry about nothing is to begin praying. Trust in God. I remember one gentleman teaching said prayer moves the hand that moves the world when you consider the fact that God, the God of the universe listens to us he responds to our petitions that it ought to create the desire for us to talk with him about our problems and about our troubles about our burdens 
Luke 18, verse 1 tells us to pray always. The Lord tells us, worry about nothing, pray about everything. In fact, Paul says, pray and with thanksgiving present your requests. See, when, we, when we're prone to worry, it's difficult to rejoice. When we receive that, that bad report, when we get the, the bad news, when we find ourselves walking through the, the horrific and the, the, uh, the, the season of life, and it's hard to put worry aside and choose to be thankful, but that's what he tells us to do. He tells us we can rejoice today. First of all, because we are in Christ. I can rejoice. I can celebrate because of who he is, what he's already done. And we aren't dealing with the, the situation alone because we serve a God that says in Hebrews, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So as we, we look there, and, and secondly, we can rejoice because whatever it is that we're dealing with, we can know we're dealing with it by divine permission. We know that all things work together for the good for good for those that love God who are called according to his purpose. We know that those things that have that are come our way, they've got to come through a divine. Since God's with us and since God's going to, to use the trial of ours for our good and for his glory, we can rejoice in the Lord. So whatever it is that we're facing, the Bible says, praise your way through it. Praise your way through it. Well, let's keep going. In verse number 6, he said, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. I don't reckon, recommend this, but when I was a kid, we did some things that you're not supposed to do with BB guns. We shot each other with BB guns. Not wise. I remember my friend had took it. He had a rifle BB gun, and he stuck it in a. He had a pistol holster on his on his hip, and he stuck it down in there. And when he tipped it up, and I don't know what he was thinking, but he shot his brother right in the back. Bam! Oh, and uh, you go, man. Well, you can imagine two brothers. They were not very happy. An older brother telling on the younger brother. That didn't take very long either. You know, what's really kind of funny is, is I look back at that and I go, hmm, so what did we learn from that? We learned that we needed to invent a gun that we call airsoft guns, right? And then we put pads on and we still shoot each other. We still shoot each other. We still shoot each other with these air guns, and everybody's like, oh, hey, wait, you know, that's great. Put a winter coat on, and it's 100 degrees outside, and so you go, hmm, isn't that interesting? Do you realize before air guns, though, they had paintballs? That wasn't real smart either. Great big bruises. They hurt. Great big bruises, and you get beamed, and you get hurt, and you go, hmm. And so we come out with those those airsoft guns, and you put on a heavy coat, and it's 100 degrees out, and you're losing weight by the second. And, and you know, somebody goes, hmm. Then what do we do? We come out with hmm. Nerf guns. And now we have a generation of folks that talk about Nerf guns, and you got to make sure you wear your glasses. Why? Because you get your po eye poked out. What happened to those folks with the BB guns and the air guns and the, all that? You know, you kind of go, wait a second there. But, you know, it's kind of funny. 
you look through the, the years and you look at all of the gear that they've developed in order to protect you. And you come walking out and if you put all that gear on, you'd look like the Michelin man. And uh, some of you don't even know who the Michelin man is. Now that I think about it, Michelin man, he's big round, looked like a big marshmallow. Boom, boom, boom. And out you come, ready to do the war, ready to go because you feel invincible. I can get shot and it's not going to hurt. I can get shot and it's not going to hurt. I remember being a youth pastor. I actually remember this was here as well. We went to camp and they had both in both places. And we went to camp and folks would get, they'd start getting dressed and you'd see them. They'd put on a t-shirt. That'd be one. And then you'd see them put on a sweatshirt. That'd be two. Then they put on a coat. That'd be three layers. And uh, all of a sudden you go, hmm. And then over top of the coat would be another layer. Four layers. Woo! And you get out there and you realize it's 100 degrees out there in the field. The sun's beating down on it. And they're sweating and they're not even out there. And it's like, this is so cool. What were they thinking? I'll tell you what was really funny is, is we did that one year and they all got dressed up like that. But they didn't, they didn't layer themselves from their waist down. So you know where everybody that was ornery was trying to shoot them was shoot them in the, in the backside. Because it hurt. It hurt. You go, Pastor, what's the point of that? Well, very simple. When you come out feeling invincible. See, that's the feeling we should have when we give our worry over to God. It says we it can exchange our worry for peace. And when we do it, it'll guard our hearts. It'll guard our minds. In the Lord Jesus. See verse number 7 of our text. The scripture tells us down there. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding. Shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And the peace of God. That word is earthna. Eh. It literally means to join together. To sew together. To put together. So worry pulls you apart, but peace puts you back together. Isn't that kind of interesting? Worry will pull us apart and peace puts us together. And, and so anxiety and worry in verse 6 and verse 7 concludes with putting it back together. Peace in the middle of the two, we find prayer. It's the great exchange. It's the formula for escaping the cage of worry we were to go back to Isaiah in chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26 and in verses 3 and 4, the scripture tells us, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Hey, there he is. Keep our mind dependent upon him in, in perfect peace, trusting him. We are to go over and to Psalm 55 and verse 22 and he tells us to cast our burden upon the Lord. He'll sustain us. He'll never allow the, the righteous to be shaken. So we can grab it this, this way. The, wor the way to worry less is to pray more. His peace is our defense against worry. The way to know the, the, the peace of God is, is through peace with God. 
And it says in Romans 5.1 that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how do I have peace? Do you know that you have peace today? Do you know it? You know, I, uh, I'm sure it's the us crowd, but do you know Jesus today? See, to know him is to know peace. And then will you trust him? Will you trust him with your worries? Will we trust him with our concerns? Will we trust him with our burdens? struggles that we have and just say here Lord I can't do this I can't control this whatever our list of worries might be here God in all my ways I'm going to acknowledge you and I'm going to let you direct my path wherever that path might take me no matter where the path goes or how it takes me or where it will go God I'm going to let you be the one to do the directing let's pray together